I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I don't mean to start hot and heavy with a kind of depressing story, but can we talk about how Johnny Depp won't appear in future Fantastic Beast films? And I'm not saying that that is the depressing part. The depressing part is that he only stepped down after he lost his libel case against uh the son and because they wrote that he was a wife beater and i guess the court rightly found that maybe there was enough truth in that that there couldn't be a libel case so the kicker of all of this is is that johnny depp is still getting his full eight million dollar paycheck for the next fantastic beast even though he will not be appearing in it so, well, let's all be actors. Let's all, I mean, again, I'm not downplaying Johnny Depp's talent, but like he just maybe needs to go away for a couple years and think about what he's done. And maybe then he can come back. But I'm still skeptical. I'm team Amber Heard and all this. I haven't really gotten too involved in it because it's honestly almost too dark and depressing for me to want to delve into. But I'm just always going to support the woman in a situation like that. So moving on to something a little happier, Ticketmaster has talked about what they are going to do to allow live music events to come back. Elena sent me this article and I was just blown away by the fact that they are legitimately talking about this being a thing. So how it's going to work is after you purchase a ticket, you would need to verify that A, you've already been vaccinated or you have to test negative for corona within 24 to 72 hours prior to the concert that you are attending and the length of that would depend on whatever the regional health authorities are saying so i guess it would kind of vary state to state or even just the location of a venue within the state and then once your test is complete you would instruct the lab to deliver the results to one of these companies like clear or ibm and then if the test is negative the, the company would verify the attendee's ability to attend the event. And I think it has to go through all of that because clearly there's so many HIPAA violations that could come into play here. And, you know, people's um, just keeping that stuff private and safe when people's health records. So I just think it's wild that they're actually saying this could be a thing. And I think this kind of came to fruition once it was announced by Pfizer that they are having, you know, that 90% effective vaccine. So Again, I'm so interested to see where this is going to go. Right now, this seems kind of crazy and insane to me to think that this is what's going to be happening next year. But I got to tell you guys, I am so ready to get back to live music. But talk about like a super spreader event, like the sweat droplets, the screaming. Like if there's anywhere that COVID is going to spread, it is at a concert. So I completely understand why that's one of the last things to be focused on bringing back but I just cannot wait I've bitched on here before about having two Harry Styles concerts this year moved so I am just like praying to the concert gods that they can come back next year okay a little dancing with the stars drama for you so Chriselle Styles from Selling Sunset she was on Dancing with the Stars this season I've been watching pretty religiously with my sister to be honest, I usually only watch like the first hour because then it becomes my winding down bedtime. I mean, the clock hits nine and I'm ready to hit the sack, let me tell you. So, uh, but I've still been watching the first hour religiously. So Chriselle's 
pro dancing partner this season was Gleb. And as an aside, I know I've talked about Dancing with the Stars a few times on here, but I'm telling you, it is good TV. The production value, the costuming, the makeup, I am constantly blown away by it every single week. And they, I don't love when they put in the really sad storylines, but they're compelling. And it's just a very watchable show. And I love when people start out not being that great of a dancer and they kind of just like gain confidence each week and they get a little bit better and better and better. And usually those aren't the people who win. The people who win are the people like stupid me from Catfish who were like professionally dancing for 10 years. But anyways, getting sidetracked here. Gleb and Chriselle were partners and this shit got messy on Instagram. I'm sure there's other podcasts who are explaining this much better. But I won't go in depth to it too much and bore you. But basically, Gleb's wife was posting all these Instagrams about how he was having affairs, multiple with an S. And she was like, I'm done with that shit. I'm moving on. We're getting a divorce. And of course, there's all these blind items and gossip going around that clearly him and Chriselle were, you know, getting it on. And this is not a new thing between Dancing with the Stars dance partners. And maybe that little bit of intrigue kind of adds to the the you know, watching value of it. Cause it's always like, are they effing? Are they not? You just don't really know, but like, it's fun to guess. Moving on. It, it was. Kenzie says their chemistry was palpable and I would have to agree. I think even Bruno was clutching his pearls a little bit. So Sheena Marie is having a girl, she revealed. And I learned from a TikTok that she was in a Jonas Brothers music video Kenzie, do you know a music video of the Jonas Brothers where they're like swimming in pizza toppings? Or was that like for their show? Not ringing a bell right off the top of your head? Well, you can think about it and get back to me because I meant to look it up before I talked about it. But it's them like little and they're like in the pizza toppings. So it's like all these big mozzarella strands. And then Sheena's regular size and she's just like throwing the mozzarella on the pizza. I mean, it's like one of those things I didn't know that I needed to see. And now that I've seen it, I'm just so happy. Speaking of pregnancies, since apparently we can't avoid that on each episode of this podcast, Emma Roberts is the first prego cover star of Cosmopolitan magazine. And she's got that belly. It's just popping. It's popping right out of her little pink cardigan. Very cute. I've also read a lot of blind items about what a total bitch Emma Roberts is in real life. But to be expected, right? I mean... You, you play so many Chanel Oberlins and after time, it's like, okay, maybe this isn't just typecasting. Uh, Ari Styles is the first male to be on the cover of Vogue alone, and we are going to get way more in-depth to that later, so stick around. Kenzie and I binge the hell out of Dash and Lily, which is a eight-episode series on Netflix, and it's set at Christmas time in New York, and I loved it so much. From the first episode, I was lapping it up like a little kitty in milk. Kenzie took a little more time to win over. She was kind of like, I would really appreciate a homosexual storyline instead of all this heterosexual main characters. And you know what? For one... The girl in it is Japanese. Her brother is gay. He's dating a Puerto Rican man. So, but you know what? I could tell it was coming. I could tell it was coming right off the bat. And again, why we always have to have a white ass, boring, mayonnaise boy male lead. He's frustrating. 
Okay. He is frustrating, but I am a huge fan of Ethan from Euphoria and he plays the lead. Austin Abrams. I've learned, I've, I've called him Ethan from Euphoria after seeing him in multiple things. And finally I was like, Kenzie, what is that boy's name? And it's Austin Abrams, which pretty manny's name if we're going to go there. Um, but it is just so adorable. And if you want something where you can just like put on the candles, put on the fuzzy socks, get a little cup of hot cocoa with some Baileys in it. Shout out to Baileys. Uh, I think that's what you should do. But I did have one question about this that I actually did do some investigation into. So the Strand and Two Boots the pizza shop, get a lot of shout outs in this. They become almost characters in themselves. And Two Boots is a place that I knew of my friends, Liz and Verge. I hope you guys listen to this. I cannot hear Two Boots without thinking of you guys. And the concept of Two Boots is that it's the boot of Louisiana and the boot that is Italy. So their pizzas are sort of these crossover events, if you will, like when Miley Cyrus is on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. That's what I would liken it to. I never had the pleasure of trying a Two Boots pizza, but I know that that was their drunk pizza of choice, like right after we graduated college and they moved to the city. And honestly, now that I think about it, I 100,000% could have had a slice when I was drunk, but just was not in a place to realize that I was eating Two Boots pizza. So again, I I went on their Instagram thinking, oh, this must have been like an advertising agreement with Two Boots. There is not a peep of it on their Instagram. They don't, and maybe by now, I, I looked, I think yesterday, but this show's been out for like a week now and no mention. And I didn't look into the strand, but I don't know if anyone can enlighten me on that. Like, was this just these creators like calling out places that they really enjoy? And obviously they were filmed. It's very clear that this was filmed at the East Village location of Two Boots and the strand in real. Like, it's not like a set. It's clear that they filmed them in those places. So maybe that was the agreement. Like, oh, you can film in our locations if... You call us by name. And speaking of Two Boots, well, actually like one of my most favorite characters of the series named Boomer, he works at Two Boots. And he is just such a delight. And I don't think he got nearly enough screen time as he deserved. He is by far the morally superior best character of the series. Please watch it. Please talk to me about it. I'm still waiting for you guys to like hit me up in the DMs. My friends in real life will text me about things that stand out to them in certain episodes. But I am waiting for you strangers out there who are listening to this to get involved. Tell me how you're feeling. Let's get into our first article of the day, shall we? Unpacking a giant megachurch adultery scandal by Claire Lampin. All right, to give you a little primer, Carl Lentz is that guy that you've maybe seen hanging out with Justin Bieber, especially like a couple years ago. He was always shirtless. He's very ripped. He had one of those fuckboy haircuts where it's kind of shaved on the side and like floppy at the top. And everyone knew him as the hot priest because he was the pastor at Hillsong. I could have sworn he originally started out on, on the LA sector, but as of late, he's worked for Hillsong East Coast, which is like the NY section of Hillsong, this mega church that we're talking about. Someone at GQ called him a hype priest. Get it? Instead of hype beast. And that is maybe the most genius nickname I have ever heard and really sums up like if you weren't getting a good image yet, just imagine a hype beast who is also a priest. So 
everyone's been kind of wondering lately what moral failings, and I quote, led to the firing of this pastor, Carl Lentz, from the Hillsong Pentecostal megachurch last week. Now, Claire writes, was it a soft stance on abortion and LGBTQ plus issues or his acceptance of the Black Lives Matter movement? Or have some have suggested on our favorite celebrity gossip platform, Dumois, a rumored pinch it for partying hard. All good guesses, but no. According to Carl, the problem was that he was, quote, unfaithful in his marriage, end quote, per a statement posted to his Instagram. Now, one thing I learned while reading this article is that Hillsong actually started in Australia, which I didn't realize until reading this. And I love my Aussies and I would expect more from them than letting this abomination come onto our soil. But according to the Sydney Morning Herald, Hillsong pulled in tax-free revenues of nearly $80 million in Australia in 2014 and more than $100 million internationally. And this people is why churches should be taxed. So Again, going back to Carl, he had this really close relationship with Justin, and apparently Justin even moved into Carl's home for an informal detox at one time, and he, Carl, apparently baptized Bieber in NBA player Tyson Chandler's bathtub in 2014, which is definitely a sentence I never thought I would be computing, and Carl also counseled him through a brief 2017 reconciliation with our girl Selena herself. Huh, wow, what a doozy. And this is the real juice that I would like to know more about. So the pair reportedly, and the pair, I mean Carl and Justin, fell out around the time that Bieber proposed to Haley Baldwin, now Haley Bieber, and she's also a Hillsong goer. <laughs> and I just want to know what was behind that because Haley herself is a very God-fearing woman that she's very proud of. The article writes that he is she is his partner in partying and in prayer, which I would agree with. And um, was it was were things getting a little too cozy between the Beebs and Carl, or was it that Haley knew back then that if Justin kept hanging out with Carl, he was going to be a cheater too? I mean, like hangs with like, you know. So Carl posted this long ass Instagram post and it said, it starts, let me just, maybe I'll just pick out some of my favorite sentences. Our time at Hillsong NYC has come to an end. This is a hard ending to what has been the most amazing, impacting, and special chapter of our lives. Leading this church has been an honor in every sense of the word, and it is impossible to articulate how much we have loved and will always love the amazing people in this church. When you accept the calling of being a pastor, you must live in such a way that it honors the mandate, that it honors the church, and that it honors God. When that does not happen, a change needs to be made and has been made in this case to ensure that standard is upheld. That standard is upheld. That's just bad writing. Laura and I... Laura and I and our amazing children, I've given all that we have to serve and build this church. And over the years, I did not do an adequate job of protecting my own spirit, refilling my own soul and reaching out for the readily available help that is available. Refilling your own soul? Like you just refilled it with another vagine. Like, <laughs> don't blame this on your love tank not being full like Vicky Gumbelson, circa old ass Real Housewives. 
I mean, this just goes on and on. I literally only read you like the first couple lines of it. And it it ends with, we the Lentz family don't know what this next chapter will look like, but we walk into it together very hopeful and grateful for the grace of God. Now, here's the real kicker. Laura, Carl's wife, the one who got cheated on, she got fired too. Mind you, she didn't cheat on anyone as far as I can tell. She was also a Hillsong pastor. And so a tabloid source said this. If a married couple both work at the church and one of them is terminated, they both will be fired immediately. So when I first read that, I was like, is this something that just happens all the time? And in what other profession would it just be like, oh, okay, you're fired. So like your wife's fired too. I've never heard of it working that way. And the source also said, she of course seemed devastated at this as this was just the cherry on top of this whole ordeal for her. Her page has already been deleted from Hillsong's website. So tell me, like, how the hell does that make sense? What if she now wants a divorce and now she's also out of a job? And there's also been all these reports about who Carl has been cheating with. And if you ask me, it seems like it's probably a long list of people. So The Sun reported that he carried on a months-long affair with a New York City-based designer, and he told her, allegedly, that he was a sports agent and, like, wouldn't tell her his last name and her first name's Rannon, which she wouldn't share her last name with the son, but I'm sorry, how many Rannons are R-A-N-I-N? I bet I could look her up on Instagram right now and she'd be the first result that comes up. So she says that Carl approached her in Domino Park in Brooklyn back in May, which why the fuck are you approaching people in May? Like that was like peak stay in Corona time. And so again, he would only give her his first name and She eventually found out who he was by searching for his phone number online. And then he told her he was already married and he promised her that he had absolutely never strayed outside of his marriage before. But God had him. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I have to get this right for you. God told him to tell me that I need to know my worth and there's something special about me. So that's what Carl told to Rannon. And then the son also reported that he also had a month-long affair with a... Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is me again copying things twice and not realizing. So I don't know. Uh, Back to the Biebers. Some say that he was actually hanging out at Bieber's New York City place like when all of this news broke. But now both of the Biebers, Haley and Justin, have unfollowed Laura and Carl. So... I don't know. It's just so annoying when people are so preachy about things. And then it's like, boo-boo, you're doing the worst shit behind closed doors. Like, no. Practice what you preach, honey. All right, moving on. Kat Marnell is the lifestyle guru we deserve by Sanjita Singh Kurtz. I want to start this article by talking about the single comment that was on this article when I read it. And it says, this girl tries way too hard. What's the opposite of charming? So in case you haven't heard of Kat Marnell before, she got a lot of notoriety as just sort of being this off the Richter scale, wild girl. She wrote a book called How to Murder Your Life. And she's been open about drugs and addiction. And notably, Caroline Calloway is a huge fan. You can start at episode nine of this podcast if you'd like a little refresher on Caroline herself. So... I think Kat Marnell is doing the publicity rounds right now because she's promoting her Patreon. And 
She just says some wild ass things in this interview with Sanjita that I had to share. And to explain what Patreon is, it is a big thing that actually a lot of podcasters use. It's sort of the G-rated version of OnlyFans where you pay a subscription fee and there's different tiers. You can pay, you know, $5 and you get one extra like podcast episode a week or a month or you can pay more and sometimes you'll get added benefits like Kat Marnell. I think if you're at the highest level, she's calling you once per month. So it's just a way for people to monetize their content creation in a way that gives creators a little bit more control over it. And again, this is sort of just Kat Marnell explaining where she's going with her Patreon. So she says her first column is going to be about travel. It's a twist on Emily in Paris. I'm doing Kat in Paris. I would like to take a moment to say that Netflix tweeted that we've all been saying Emily in Paris wrong. And it's actually Emily in Paris. Did I pronounce that better than Emily would have? So they wanted it to rhyme, which actually makes a whole lot more sense. But who's going around saying Emily and Pargi? Anyways, Kat says, I watched Emily and Pargi. And okay, I actually did like it. People, I'm really not so glamorous. I'm a basic bitch from Bethesda, Maryland. Me and fucking Juliana Rancic. I could have been Emily, but I fucking know better. Anyway, I love France. I'm going to tell people about the $49 hotel room I stayed in. You share the bathroom. You can hear these glamorous French girls crying next door, and you can think about the French eye makeup going down their cheeks. There's a lot to unpack here. She is acting like Bethesda, Maryland is... I don't know, Flint, Michigan. Bethesda, Maryland is incredibly well off and basically a suburb of Washington, D.C. So let's not play this that like you're just poor little cat from Bethesda, Maryland. Next up, um, I've stayed in a few hostels in my day and I don't know if I've ever heard glamorous French girls crying next door, but that does sound kind of fabouche. Then she says, I love a red light district. If you subscribe to my Patreon, I'll take you to red light districts all over the world. Some of the grossest places I've ever, ever been. All right. So is she saying gross in an endearing way? Um, Is she buying the services in the red light districts? Like, you know, if we're going to talk about sex workers and exploit them for your Patreon, maybe we should pay them something. Then she says, I stayed in a hostel in South Beach, Miami. I was at my mother's going out of my mind and I saw there was a $20 place, even though I had less than $200. And in the middle of the night, these coked up strippers came in and flipped on the lights. I left. I couldn't stay there. I slept in a treehouse that night. I would like to know where there is a treehouse in South Beach because I think I would like to stay there. And I really think it says something that her wildest hostel experience was in my home state, my current state uh, just really made me proud. Now we get to hear about her decorating philosophy. She says, it's just like putting on eyeshadow. I don't give a fuck. You just mess it up. With a poster, you just put it up. You don't think too hard. And then you put up more. That's how I decorate. Nothing's that serious. No, we're messing everything up. <laughs> Honestly, that's sort of accidentally ends up being my decor philosophy. I also have to note that usually Sanjita's when she interviews someone, it's not very like, oh, question, answer. But I think she was like, there's no way I can paraphrase what this girl is saying and not seem like a total lunatic. Like, I have to say it just as she said it. Okay, so then it says, you'll also be getting back into beauty recommendation. What's your favorite product right now? And Kat says, my number one product 
is always going to be prescription Retin-A. I once went to Mexico just to get retinol. Dude, hard agree on this. Not the Mexico part, because I've never bought Retin-A in Mexico, but I do swear by Retin-A, and I've talked about it on here before, but I think it always merits re-saying, and she kind of mixed speaks when she says she went to Mexico to get retinol, because Retin-A is a brand name of tretinoin. Retinol is a lower, that you don't have to have a prescription for. You can get tons of products like at Sephora that have retinol in it, but if you want true tretinoin, you need to go to your dermatologist. And even better if you're under 26, because then you can get it covered by insurance, most likely if it's for acne. Once you turn 26, they're like, no, you don't get adult acne, even though clearly as almost 32, I can tell you I very much still get adult acne. And get yourself some tretinoin. I just use generic. I think I'm using Obagi right now, actually. Um, And you will have peeling skin and it will fuck you up for a little while, but it will be worth it. And it will keep your skin wrinkle free that and a little Botox and you're set to go. Then she's talking about, you know, the state of New York right now. And she says, I love the city right now. I think it's really weird and cool. I was in New York after 9-11 and I was just a teenager and New York was a spectacular place. All of the post 9-11 nightlife that people talk about so famously, which eventually turned into the Chelsea nightlife, the Olsen twins era and Lindsay Lohan and all that stuff. I just know the city is going to pop off. I mean, fascinating theory, I didn't know that people famously talked about post 9-11 nightlife and I sort of think that NYC is always popping off but sure I buy this it strikes me as a little insensitive but I think that's her brand (laughs) uh okay I was going to talk about scientists sticking platypuses under black lights but we're going a little long this but just this week but just know that scientists are putting platypuses under black lights and they are glowing along with flying squirrels and some other species. And the thing is, they don't know why it's happening. All right. So our last thing of the day, you guys know, I could not not talk about the Harry Styles Vogue article. And I just want to share some things I learned from this article. So the first thing I learned that I am so excited to share is that Harry himself has been a pescatarian for three years. Guys, I have been a pescatarian for three years, a little bit over. And I just can't wait for the day when Harry and I go out. We go out with a group of friends. I'm thinking maybe Via Carota in the West Village or Four Horsemen in Brooklyn. And we are just going to have the best time sharing all of our favorite seafood and vegetarian heavy dishes. And I know this is insignificant and that there are a lot of pescatarians in the world, but maybe, just maybe, Harry was also inspired by the movie Oakshaw to become a pescatarian. So, yeah, so I'm just going to go to bed tonight with that in my head. So (laughs) the article writes that, Harry was in LA um, a few days on his own and then he moved in with a pod of three friends. I'm sorry, this is like Corona time and with two band members, Mitch Rowland and Sarah Jones. And Harry says that they would put their names in a hat and plan the week out. And if you had Monday, you would choose the movie and dinner and the activity for the day. And Harry says he likes to make soups and there was tons of movies and it went from Goodfellas to Clueless. And Styles said that it's been a really good lesson in what makes me happy now. It's such a good example of living in the moment. I honestly just like being around my friends. That's my biggest takeaway. Just being on my own the whole time, I would have been miserable. So that is so adorable. Should we start adding things in a hat, Kenzie? 
<laughs> then he says post-COVID, he's contemplating a temporary move to Tokyo, explaining that there's a respect and a stillness, a quietness that I really loved every time I've been there. Guys, you know I have been dying to go to Tokyo. So, I mean, would you judge me if I casually lined up my trip with his moving there? I mean, you would judge me, but I'm okay with it. So side note, Gemma Stiles, who is his sister, is also in the shoot with him, which Harry wanted to do so that they could give a nice little present to their mom. And that just is the cutest thing I've ever heard. This article also discusses the Bodhi fashion line. It's a clothing brand by Emily Bodhi. And I know I'm always talking about people I went to school with, but I went to school with Emily Bodhi's sister. I mean, we were kind of like peripheral friends because she was pretty good friends with Elena. So, you know, I will take it. And he is like literally in communication with Emily. He's sending her pics, you know, for inspiration, style inspiration. He's constantly wearing her clothes. I just, I, I like to think this is my two degrees of Harry Styles. And if that's the closest I ever get, I can die happy with that. I mean, I do think someday we will be eating at Four Horsemen together. The nice lunch tasting menu. I'll DM them beforehand, ask if they can make a pescatarian, tell them Harry Styles and I are coming, and I'm sure they will oblige. Guys, one time, I don't know if it was just coincidence, but I did DM Four Horsemen and asked if they could make their weekend meal pescatarian, and they fucking did. Like, it literally could have just been the universe smiling on me, but that is a true-ass story. So at one point during this photo shoot, Harry is mischievously singing Abba's Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. And I mean, can you imagine anything more beautiful? I love that song. So Kenzie's crying like she cannot handle the imagery. And the author of this article got to go to Harry's London house and Harry made him tea. And I just, it's just too much for my heart to handle. All right guess what time it is guys it's legit shit time but before that i want to remind you to follow me on instagram at kind of cute podcast or at bailey evan feel free to slide into the dms i would love to get to know you guys better and with that being said my legit shit this week is kitchen tweezers now mine have not arrived yet but if you don't have quick kitchen tweezers which is weirdly hard to say um and again, the ones I'm linking now that I'm looking at, they don't have the best Amazon reviews. So maybe you want to get a better one, but they're the ones I ordered. But up until then, I've been using wood chopsticks, which I also think work really well. And it's just so convenient. Like instead of using tongs, which are just so clunky and annoying, you can use tweezers and chopsticks for like everything. I'm telling you, like it's going to change your life. Um, and the other night we were getting espresso martinis to celebrate the Biden win. And this man had like multiple sizes of tweezers and he was so nice. He gave us free little boba. He gave us free pumpkin spice ice cream. He gave us all of the extra espresso martini handmade. And he told me I had to get the big kitchen tweezers and they're better than the small ones. So I'm pretty sure that's what I got. Anyways, linked in the show notes as usual. I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and I will see you next week. Bye.